Welcome to the Craft Food Classroom Podcast, where we help make food business simple at every stage of growth. Brought to you by PNC Bank and Central Kitchen Media. And now, here's your host, Eric Diamond. This is Eric Diamond, CEO of The Central Kitchen, bringing you the next episode of the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast. I am super excited today because my co-host is none other than the money millionaire, What's David up? Miller. I'm back in the building. We're What's back good? in the building, man. It's been a minute since it has, we've been on it the has. mic. And this is such a much better platform. It's so much more relevant to what we're doing. Right. Craft Food Classroom is up and running. And... We're all slated to knock it out the park this year, hopefully. Give me a give me a little plug in Craft Food Classroom. Yeah, so the Craft Food Classroom, we offer an online class that runs five weeks. It's um, all things food. We go from week one, we talk about your life plan. Why do you even want to be in the food arena anyway? What are some of the obstacles and hurdles? And then how dedicated and disciplined are you? And then in week two, we talk about what's in your product, which that begins to really bring it home for a lot of entrepreneurs sure. because that's what they're there for. So everybody wants to talk about their product or what they do in the food arena. And then after that, we talk about marketing and media and branding. And then the next week is financials with you. Yeah. So all the money that goes into the business, where's it going? Why is it going there? Uh, how are you tracking it? And then after that, the fifth week is what we consider pretty much the wrap-up week. And we talk about distribution, wholesale, right. retail. So once you go through the craft food classroom, you have five weeks of just really intensive training on certain topics. And a lot of the folks that finish and wrap up feel really well prepared to, you know, hit the ground running, if right, you will. Yeah. Right, Or they can find that on our website, right? Yeah, you could go to the Central Kitchen website. You can get links to the craft food classroom from there. Cool. Awesome. So, David, we've got two friends here today from Richland Grow Up. Why don't you introduce our first guest? Yeah, so we have Walt, who come to us from the Richland Grow Up. Walt is a, a farmer out there. Actually, we're going to set the stage and let Walt tell us a little yeah, bit about himself. Because I can't do it like him. And um, plus, he has a, a unique background. So, we'll let Walt talk. Tell us a little bit, Walt, about what you do at Richland and how you got into farming in the first place. Right. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me um, down here. My name is Walter Bonham. I am the operator and creator of the Food Lab, and I am one small business made up of nine businesses total that represent the Richland Grow Up, which is a cooperative, a farming cooperative in uh, Mansfield, Ohio, and uh, we service uh, Richland County. We represent Richland County as a whole. That's cool. So how did you get into it? Well, um, I got in pretty much the same way that um, the other other eight members got in involved was um, we all had different passions for uh, growing food and um, kind of like in our own silos. Sure. So me personally, um, I just well, a lot of my journey just came around me wanting to make changes in my own personal life. Mm -hmm. um, me wanting to make changes in my family's life around what they were eating, what they were doing. Mm -hmm. uh, my motto, my business is to build, grow, feed. So I had a grow aspect and a farm aspect that I wanted to do in my business. Sure. And then uh, when, this, when the project came about that um, that we are connected to, the micro farm project, that's where we all kind of collectively kind of heard about this opportunity to grow and farm. And we all had similar interest into farming and jumped on board. How long ago was that? That was about, we're going into our third year wow. right wow. now. So um, so a little over two years ago, it was just a concept that was um, kind of being thought about. We put it on paper and then now we got buildings up and we're actually, wow. um, we're actually uh, official business now. And we have tons of customers now and we're starting to serve produce now. Excellent. So 
where did the uh, love of farming come from? Uh, really, it just really like um, I was kind of important in my life personally where I just wanted to make some changes. Wasn't really happy with my health, um, my body and things like that. Um, so I just wanted So it wasn't to, something you grew up around? No, I did not grow up wow. around it. No, I didn't have, did not have a background in uh, farming. My background personally is uh, in business and management things. Worked for a bunch of companies and managed a bunch of employees, doing a bunch of d- different things for years. And it turned into me just wanted to make some personal decisions to do better and um, find places that I could work for that were more fulfilling to me. Sure. And um, kind of went about that uh, journey. And I always had an entrepreneur spirit too. So yep. a lot of that kind of start coming out of me. So how'd you teach yourself to farm? I know that's, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know what? I'll tell you, <laughs> like, um, you know, it's a journey. That's one of the coolest things about our cooperative is that all of us uh, started out doing something different. We had a few people that were kind of growers and things, but um, nobody were, was really farming. So everybody had a different background. So what really helped me with the process was the training that was offered in the ah, micro farm project. We all right. trained for about a year plus. Oh, very cool. And so that was literally allowed me to kind of start understanding crops, start just kind of getting a feel for what it, what it was like to farm. Um, that summer too, when we first started training, I had volunteered on the farm too as well, local cool. farm. And um, so, yeah, it just came from a lot for me, just training, uh, getting involved and just getting my hands dirty, literally. Who, uh, who allowed you guys to do the training? Was that ran through a program? Yeah. So the Microfarm Project was actually um, a grant that we got through um, FFAR. Okay, sure. Um, and it was in conjunction with Ohio State and um, NECIC and some of our community partners. Um, NECIC is the North End Community Improvement Collaborative. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, they actually host my farm and another member of Vince Owens' farm actually own their 12-acre site and, wow. uh, and location. That's cool. So it was all kind of a, a big project that came together and. The, the way the grant worked was um, we had, it was a it was a matching million dollar grant. Wow. So we were able to come up with half a million dollars in match and then half a million dollars in financial match. Oh, wow. To wow. be able to uh, match that million bucks. And part of it was um, in the kitchen, which you're going to meet Karina a little later here. Um, but a bunch of it was like a lot of community support coming on board to match that in kind and allowing us to see the vision of what we were trying to do and create. And we ended up getting the grant and then $2 million later <laughs> spread out across the board. Um, ton of, ton of our grant and our project is a lot of research. Mm-hmm. So it's the research around, um, the effects of what's going on with the farmers, the community, um, how we're impacting, um, the land and things we're growing on. It's just many aspects around, um, what the project is all about. It's, it goes beyond the food. Right. No, that's good. So, and, 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 a lot, and of course, I was creating a cooperative. So we actually right. formed a business through this whole uh, process. That's cool. So what kind of things do you grow? Uh, well, oh, man, as a cooperative, we grow tons of different things uh, right now. Um, the way we're set up, we have a marketer that tells us what to grow. Gotcha. So that kind of takes a lot of the guessing out of it for Excellent. us. Um, he's able to kind of uh, pre-sell different things and talk to different customers and kind of figure out what we need to grow. But uh, currently, right now, uh, we're growing a few different types of lettuce. Um, we're growing turnips right now. Nice. Um, we're growing um, spinach right now. Um, we just kind of came into our, uh, our early spring season. Sure. So now we're trying to transition into the summer as well. So people have gotten tomatoes in the ground now. We're getting peppers in the ground um, now and things like that and getting our outside beds going too. So who's your end consumer of the product? Uh, right now, we sell to a few different food hubs. Oh, cool. Um, which is really kind of cool. Um, also, we are, our biggest customers right now are food hubs and then some of our local restaurants. Really? That we've been able to uh, grow what they need exactly in their restaurants and keep them from uh, traveling um, to get produce from different uh, small markets and Asian markets and things like that, or even ordering stuff from California yeah, and stuff n- they can get, you know, right down the street from us now. Wow. Nothing like local. Nothing like local. Um, so... 
under your initiative, is there um are we seeing more minorities take part in the in the farming part or are you are you seeing that happening at Richland where there's more minority interest in farming or no? Well, it's actually a cool concept. Our cooperative is made up of the nine members. Um, four of them are urban and then uh, five and five of them are rural. So we do see a lot of interest, um, and especially in our urban site now, um, because there's eight high tunnels on this 12 acre site and there's like outsized raised beds and a ton of stuff going on. We also host a farmer's market there too. And things like that. So now we are starting to see a lot of interest from folks who um, who would have never thought about farming or growing food. That's right. cool. Yeah. So where do you see yourself going with this? Um, well, man, I mean, um, as a whole, um, I see the cooperative really um, looking into doing things even outside of our produce. So kind of growing our brand and our business um, by um, right now we're connected with the school, Mansfield oh, City Schools now huge. too. That's so um, we will be. We'll have um, kids involved, uh, fourth through sixth grade, learning about agriculture and also um, helping get involved in the kids getting college credit um, wow. um, starting seventh grade through high school and allow them to actually come out of high school with college credit that can go towards an act degree and different That's things sweet. like that, like they do with like nursing. And you mm-hmm. see those type Love of programs now. Yep. Yeah, so we've been able, because of our project and initiatives that we're doing, we've been able to, you know, tie in different things like that. And in our high school and our middle school will be getting high tunnels this summer. Um, we have initiatives to try to get involved with selling food inside of the school. Um, right now we're, we're trying to, um, we're working with other people too. We're getting our food in our local hospitals um, oh, wow. now too. And things like that um, as well. That's, That's man, you guys got it. So yeah, we're just trying to expand, you know, in different ways, and just trying to just, you know, selling the produce and just trying to figure out different ways that our brand and, and our and food awareness can you know, affect our community. That's super cool. So walk me through this real quick, Walt. If uh, to our listeners, people who may be, uh, no pun intended, but a little green to the whole growing of vegetables and stuff, can you grow all year round? Yeah, we actually can uh, here now because um, we. That's part of us being micro farmers. Um, we all have high tunnels. Okay. Uh, right now. So we all have small plots that we kind of take on and we collectively uh, harvest together to try to be able to sell as a whole. Mm-hmm. So we don't, one farmer doesn't have to take on trying to grow so much individually. Yep. But, um, but yeah, so like in the wintertime, we just, um, we just plant winter crops that can really take it. So we do like different, uh, you know, spinach and carrots, Swiss chard. You know, um, beets and different things like that, that under crops, the high yeah. tunnels, you don't have to worry about. And they will continue to uh, grow slowly through the winter. But then come springtime, they'll be ready to harvest. That's that's sweet. We had some of their products in Love Local Basket. We did. We we did. Uh, we got a connection with the microgreens, I think it was, it was. at the end of last summer. Yeah, it was some. Uh, yeah, you guys got some uh, different greens that we had, and actually, my spinach made it to. Uh, oh, very yeah, cool. my, my winter spinach that I actually grew um, mm-hmm. uh, made it to you guys' basket. That's so cool. Happy to hear that's that. a small. That's cool. a small world. That is a small world. Mm-hmm. So we are going to take a quick break. Uh, hear from our sponsor, PNC Bank. When we come back, I want to try some of this lettuce. Perfect. We get to crunch on we the mic. Crunch on the mic. After we pay some bills, cool. so we will be back. This All is right. Eric Diamond, David Miller with the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by PNC Bank. For more than 160 years, we've been committed to providing our clients with great service and powerful financial expertise to help them meet their financial goals. We're proud of our longstanding history of supporting not only our customers, but our community, employees, and shareholders. For more information on PNC Bank, please visit www.pnc.com. This is Eric and David 
We are back with the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast. How's everyone feeling? Feeling good. good. Feeling feeling really good. good. Feeling better now that I see some fresh produce in front of me. Yeah. So, Walt, why don't you walk us through what uh, you bought up today for us to try? Yeah, I bought a, uh, just a few different things that are uh, in season for us here right now. I have some spring mix lettuce. We have some uh, scallions here. We have some, a Mizuna uh, Asian mix uh, variety of greens. We have some spinach. Then we have some uh, red spinach as well. Uh, some and some Swiss chard, and then also we have some uh, French radishes, and then some Easter egg radishes. So all right. Ahead a little bit so, what are the purple ones or what? Those are Easter. Easter. All right. Sweet. And I'm gonna grab some of this. What's this right here that I'm grabbing? That's that uh, red leaf spinach right there. Awesome. Incredible haul. Mmm. That stuff looks wonderful too. Oh, beautiful. It? I'm munching on the mic. Mm-hmm. That's delicious. Mm. Super so fresh. those are uh, radishes in that. Um, that spinach in particular, we grow for a restaurant, a local restaurant in, uh, in Mansfield. These are much sweeter radishes than you're typically used to. Yeah, yeah. People, like, I think radishes get a bad name. Yeah. Right? These are delicious. Yeah, they do. Radishes do get a bad name. <laughs> yeah. You like I radishes, do. though. I do. Yeah, I do. I, I made a mistake. Um, quick story. I, I like radishes. I like messing around with them. And we had so many daikon radishes in yeah. our Love Local offerings that I decided to take some and cut them up and mix them with some potatoes that I did on the grill. The concept was just to kind of see how they cook up and see, you know, if I can incorporate some fresh radish into my kid's diet without them knowing. Right. Oh, big mistake, bro. Was it? <laughs> yeah, because you cut the potatoes up and they cook up really good with the butter and the onion. But these things, they don't fry up. They, don't, <laughs> no. they get real soggy. And so it was the kids were really like, oh, what is this chewy stuff in my food? I was like, oh, that's a radish. And like, I think like, I scared I'm, them away from them. Like, we got nothing, no lo- no love for that. There's no way. How do So advise me. How do you make this kid friendly? Well, you, you know what? Um, uh, you can you can sneak radishes and turnips into mashed potatoes. Is that right? Ooh. Yeah, so you were on the right track there. I just did it the wrong <laughs> method. Yeah, just yeah. Cook, yeah, cook got them you. In, yeah, mash them up, mix them in there on them. And um, yeah, they won't, even, they won't even be able to tell. That's good. It, on the back end, it has a little spice. It does. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Wonderful stuff. So this is only your third year of growing? Yeah, actually, we just complete. So we went through a year plus of training. Okay. And then we just completed our uh, kind of first uh, year, and we're rolling into our you know kind of second season now. That's, so. that's awesome. And so you, are you feeling better about where you're at with it, your knowledge base and what you're doing with the? Oh, man, you know what? There are there's so many things to learn about growing food. And um, I think like all of us in our cooperative, we had to kind of the right intentions on what we were doing and things, but nobody probably could really understand until you kind of get involved with it and you do it, the, mm-hmm. the learning curve and what it actually really takes and everything you have to kind of worry about in the farming world. But it's been beneficial and we've been learning a lot. We learned a lot over the last few years, but there's tons more to learn. Are you, are you continue to train or now is it just kind of like you, um, you do it with the cooperative, you guys go through stuff together collectively, or is there some kind of Unified training or continuing education around farming that you can yeah our more um, our more formal training is over mm-hmm. but we do have different extension professors that we can reach out to in different things now so I would definitely say we all are still in training and okay. um, we all are still picking up new crops um, like th- these Asian greens that I got over here um, this is my first year first time growing those but then um, as far as spinach though I've grown spinach um, three times now on three three different seasons now so. Okay. Um, three different parts of the season, but um, so you know, some things I'm getting familiar with, while new things are just coming, um, coming on board too at the same time. And it's like you, that for all of us. 
Okay. Do you guys do collard greens? You know what? Yes. Yes. Actually, we do have collard greens growing right now at the urban farm, okay. uh, at the NECIC urban farm. And also, uh, we just sold a bunch of mustard. So we just cleared Ooh. a ton of, of, of some mustard. Mustard greens, too. Mm. Sweet. I want some of the collards. What do you like growing? What's your personal favorite? Oh, man. You know what? Um, oh, gosh. I grown, I grown some stuff with the cooperative, and I actually had the opportunity working with one of our uh, one of our farmers, um, Smarkle. Uh, to grow some things at her house uh, last year that uh, we weren't required to grow mm-hmm. um, through the cooperative. So in my um, in my growing experience, I had a lot of fun growing watermelons. Really? Yeah, growing melons and uh, cantaloupes and things like that. They're not as easy as you would think, huh? Growing well, the melons. They were easier, actually. Really? really? Like, um, you know, they um, require a lot less maintenance. Okay. Right? So um, lo- low maintenance, um, low disease pressure, mm-hmm. low bug pressure, you know, those things. If you can keep keep the animals away from them. Right. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that's the case, right? Like, but yeah, we, so they, they were a little bit easier and they kind of, you know, they vine out, they do their own thing mm-hmm. and things like that. So I, I had a lot of fun growing uh, melons. And um, as far as the th- different things I've grown for the cooperative, they, these Asian greens and growing the different greens, I think, are uh, are pretty cool. Yeah, they know, they're pretty cool, too. They, they're pretty low maintenance, but, um, you know, I do uh, like the variety and the color and things, that the way to look in the tunnels. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Pretty easy, too. That is cool. I, I guess, um, do you guys do pumpkins at all, ever? No, 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 no. We haven't uh, grown anything um, like that yet. We really pretty much have stayed into the niche of um, things that we know we can sell for sure. Sure. There's been talks of kind of experimenting, doing different things. I know some of our other farmers have uh, grown, uh, just like I was saying, grown different things outside of the cooperative. But as far as us selling, Mm -hmm. selling um, um, pumpkins and things, no, we haven't, we haven't reached out. And last thing from me, do you guys do fruits? Uh, not really currently okay. um, right now. It's been it's been in the talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, fruit is a little bit different process, uh, especially in Ohio. Um, if you're doing talking about doing any trees or doing any berry bushes and things like that, those right. those can take some years. Yeah. Um, there were some talks maybe about some strawberries or different things, but um, but again, it's it's just been just really just been focused on what the market wants from yep, us. Absolutely. Um, instead of us just growing and and then trying to create a market or taking chances of not selling things. No, that's smart. Mm-hmm. Smart. What you're doing so- is smart. We talk as uh, David and I as entrepreneurs, and we're talking with entrepreneurs. We always ask them, "What your unfair advantage is? What are you better at than anybody else?" As you've been on through this business journey, um, I think that uh, a huge advantage that we have as a cooperative is that nobody was growing food uh, <laughs> really in this in our area, really, yeah, um, in the way that we were to try to market the way that we were, and so on. So if you think if you think about it, you know, we knew for a fact that like millions of dollars worth of produce mm-hmm. um, sales were leaving Mansfield like every year. Yep. And it's like, you know, why don't we try to capture some of this? Like, I can grow lettuce, right? You're right. You know, <laughs> like, you know, like, we know like people are buying lettuce, so can I like, you know, can I grow a little bit of your lettuce for you, right? Sure. Same thing, you know, with some of these major crops. And then also some of the things we start finding out that niche that, you know, people are ordering stuff or can't get a hold of stuff. I'm like, hey, right. you know, I can grow, I can that. grow that. Right. You know, we can try to, we can try to grow that for you and things too. So I think that's really a niche that we had is that, um, you know, um, people weren't really focused on trying to grow the way we were in our area. We have a lot of soy and corn going on mm-hmm. and we have some, uh, some farmers in, in the area and things, but, they, but they're not as focused as we were collectively on trying to attack the markets and things that we do. And another advantage is us being a cooperative. Yeah. Right. 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 So if I was, you know, Walter Bond, I'm trying to do this, you know, my own and knocking on all these restaurant doors and so on and things, you know, I wouldn't be able to really be as sustainable yeah, as we can as a whole. Cool. Do you ever sell at farmer's markets? Uh, no, we, um, as, a, as a cooperative, we don't, I don't sell at a farmer's gotcha. market, but some of our other cooperative members do. Gotcha. And, um, and, and I think a few more cooperative members are probably going to look into maybe trying that this year or even the ones that, that did sell at farmer's markets last year will be. But I will say that we do host a farmer's market at the NECIC urban farm. 
um, starting in June every Thursday. Awesome. So we have a local market that's right on the farm. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. What, what time do you guys have that? Yeah, I believe it starts at four, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, I think they, that, that, that we're going to do it uh, four to seven, if I'm not mistaken. Excellent. Well, cool. Three to seven or four to seven, yeah. Well, this has been awesome. It has been awesome. You have last question? I do. Okay. I, I want to, and I'm sure you're probably going to get to it, but I, I'm a cut in line. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you guys and your yes, website? Definitely, definitely. Uh, you guys want to go to uh, Richland Grow Up, and that's G-R-O-hyphen-O-P.com. Okay. Uh, um, we just updated our website, too, so a bunch of cool information on there as well. And then to learn more about the urban farm, you can go to uh, N-E-C-I-C-Ohio.org. Um, and then you can find out a little bit about some of the uh, the urban farmers and things that we have where my farm is located. Awesome. Actually. That's so cool. Thanks again, Walt, for coming out today and bringing us some of these awesome produce that you created. I'm so impressed and jealous yeah, of people that beautiful. have this talent. Yeah, no problem. I, I don't have that more. talent. I yeah. will. I will. Thank you so much, Walt. <laughs> All right. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Walt. Take care. This is Eric Diamond and David Miller bringing you the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast. We are back. David, how you feeling? Uh, I am feeling better than ever. Really? Yeah. Better than ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm back and better than ever. Um, this is the best day of my life. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and tell us who we got talking Why, to next? Why is that so unbelievable? I, I, I don't know, man. Don't it's know. the fact that we're live again today. Yeah. It was such a raggedy drive-in. All I saw was... Rain and and tail lights. That's all I saw. Yeah. It's mist and tail lights. So to make it, uh, it's a, it's a great day. I'm happy to be alive. And we have a great guest with us today. We have Karina Gettle, right? I said it right. Yeah, you did yep. absolutely. And, and Karina is the executive director of IdeaWorks, right? That's correct. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about IdeaWorks? So IdeaWorks is located in Mansfield, Ohio. We are a shared use kitchen, and also a co working space. Very cool. Cool. And you also are an entrepreneur. Is that right? I am. Yeah. By accident. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's talk about that story (laughs) because it's interesting how it all kind of connects, right? So you started off as an entrepreneur and what is your product? So I make an apple pie, apple cider based cocktail mix called called Figs. Uh, Figs Liquid Innovations is the name of the company. And we have some here today, which we're getting ready to sample. Absolutely. Is that like, is it like a shrub? No, it's not. Okay, cool. It's not. You know what it's really based on is the apple pie moonshine. Yeah. So it's based on that. Just imagine taking the alcohol, the alcohol out. out. Interesting. Yeah. So do you recommend it with alcohol though? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that's the that's the kind of show I'm talking about. Yeah. Then. Yeah. That's that's the best place to start. Okay. Uh, obviously, people use it for other. Re- we have. Um, I have a sweet heat flavor. I didn't bring with me because I didn't have any. Uh, a lot of people use that for marinating their pork to, before they oh, smoke it. Oh, very cool. It. Oh, wait, hold on. You got a sweet heat that you mix I, with this, like a sweet heat that's its own flavor. So it's got a little burn to it. Awesome. So I, I took the apple pie, the original flagship flavor, and added some jalapeno. Okay. So it's got a little burn. Yeah, no, yeah. Good. that's good. cool. Yeah. So you said it was by accident. How did that happen? So I'd been making apple pie moonshine just for the fam. You sure. Know, putting it in the mason, typical jars. story, mason yep. jar, right? And uh, we were thinking about, you know, we could take the alcohol out of this and just make it into a mixer. Why isn't anybody doing this? Because to make apple pie moonshine, it takes a lot of you know, ingredients, not a lot of ingredients, but it, cider and sure. they usually made it in great big, huge batches. So it took a while. And I had a job at the time that we had that idea. Gotcha. And then I shortly thereafter did not have a job. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, well, this would be a great time to kick this product off. So we did. 
So that's where the accidental comes in. And so did you find the kitchen and start producing there or So did we didn't find the kitchen that that I'm using now. We gotcha. were actually using um, like a lot of people who need a certified ODA, yep. a high department of agriculture approved kitchen or location. We started bottling in a bar. Really? They didn't yeah, they weren't using their kitchen anymore. It was just a bar. It was a week mostly a weekend bar. Gotcha. And so we were bottling there and then we made a we I think they sold it or whatever. We needed to look for a new location. So we had a couple of different other locations where we bottled. I ended up finding the kitchen that I manage now. Started bottling there in December of 2016. And then like early in January, I got an email from from the founder of the company saying, we don't have a manager anymore. Could you run the kitchen for us until we figure out what we want to do with it? Wow. And so from there, I um, took on, it, it became a good thing. The company kept growing. So the decided to keep it in operation. And I took over as a director, as a director of just the kitchen. And then just last year, took over executive director of IdeaWorks. Oh, very cool. So the kitchen is named what? It's currently named Entrepreneur's Kitchen. Entrepreneur's However, Kitchen. Um, when we went from we went from being a for profit to a non profit under IdeaWorks. Okay. Uh, we're in the middle of transitioning to IdeaWorks Kitchen. Oh, IdeaWorks Kitchen. Yeah. Great. So that we'll keep you know name name brand or the brand identification. So who started it and when? So it started in 2016, okay. summer of 2016 is when the original kitchen started. It was founded by Anna Marie Furniak, which you met Carl. Mm-hmm. That's her, um, that was her husband that you met. Okay. They started it. Her goal was to bring local food um, to our community, uh, access to better food, sure. more locally produced food. So that was her goal and it's grown to what it is now. That's awesome. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. So how many members do you have currently? We're grow- We're at our we are at our mat. I mean, at the maximum since we since I was running the kitchen. So we're up. I mean, we don't have a lot. We have sure. a small space, but we're probably at about fifteen members. Wow, that's very that's cool. Really good. That's really good. We're uh, also seeing a leaning towards uh, when I first took over the kitchen. Most of our members were caterers. Yep. You know, food prep type people. And since the pandemic, and we've also moved since then to a new location during the pandemic, we moved, but I'm seeing a little bit more of a, um, going towards a production side. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. So tell me some of the products are coming out of there. So we've got, and I brought those with me. I've got, um, of course, figs. I still produce figs, apple pie cocktail mix out of the kitchen. Excellent. And I have um, one of a, a member comes up from Columbus, actually, produces our gabonzo bean butter. Interesting. Yeah. Really? And and what? so how would I use this? So it was designed to be a replacement for peanut butter for Is that those right? people uh, who, are, who are allergic, right? So um, it's designed to be used as a replacement for that. It tastes amazing. Really? Like just, I eat it actually straight out of the jar. <laughs> uh, we've got an elderberry syrup company called Sassy's Elder Boost. Oh, very cool. They started producing, and all of these products, of course, fall under the high department of ag. Yep. So that's why they're using our kitchen. We've got um, Uncle Rick's special blend. That's a spice mix. It's amazing. Oh, excellent. So he's got savory, smoky garlic salt in the original. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, we've got, uh, when I started I the kitchen, I was the only one producing a packaged good. So all, Is that of, really? these, yeah, all of these came on board since then. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to taste some apple pie from uh, figs. Virgin. Virgin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Eric and David. We will be back.
This is Eric and David. We are back with the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast edition. So, David, tell me what we're trying. Well, right now we're still sitting with the executive director of IdeaWorks, Katrina, and she is also the producer, founder, and maker of Fig's Apple Pie non-alcoholic cocktail mix. So we do have a cup of this ready yep. to try. Cheers. Salute. Cheers. Yeah. Salute. Oh, that's really good. Oh, my gosh. It's I could taste the apple good. and the pie. <laughs> Thank you. So some of the times when you taste this stuff, it's super sweet, like overpoweringly sweet. And uh, I think they do it because then when you add alcohol yeah. to it. But this isn't like that. This is like a really, really good apple cider with a hint of pie in the back. Yeah, this is good. And it tastes natural, though. It tastes it does like taste a natural. juice. Um, I feel like I would love this over some like Italian ice. Yeah. We could love a little mm. bourbon in there. Oh well. Yes. As a matter of fact, one of our biggest customers is a distillery down in Hocking Hills, Ohio. Really? And they're getting ready to open a restaurant up in their tasting room, and that's what they want to do is make slushies out of it. Is that right? They also do. They have a bourbon. Wow. They have a bourbon. They do a moonshine. So. Well, what do you prefer with this? I love it with a good bourbon, yeah. okay. nice bourbon. Uh, moonshine's a good moonshine is good. If you want to go on the sweeter side, it's really good with like a whip. Cream vodka. Oh, ah, like a pinnacle. Type. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Okay. Uh, the other thing, in the summertime, I like it with a peach whiskey. Peach with, whiskey. With a Prosecco is out of this. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, now, that's, see. That's, <laughs> see, this stuff could get dangerous. Yeah, what time is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's a little too And it's still work. You, you, you know, when you're mixing, that's still considered work. R&D, yeah. of course, that's, is yeah. very important. It's very it important. Is. It so, is yeah, very it's, important. It is, yeah, it's underrated. And it's important. So what's this one? So this is the caramel apple. And Ooh. believe it or not, uh, the caramel apple was an idea from that same distillery. Uh, one of the guys said, hey, have you ever thought about making caramel apple? And I said, no, I haven't, but I can. So we did. And that ends up being one of their most popular flavors. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it reminds me of an off-the-menu item that I crave in the fall at Starbucks. You can order their hot apple cider. Uh and it's not actually made out of apple cider. I don't know what it's made of, but it's delicious. Is it a latte? Uh, a little thicker. Is it? Yeah, but not quite a latte. This is delicious. This is good. Thank you. It's um, it's kind of a genius concept, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, it's it's out there. You know, clearly people are using moonshine and they're doing yeah. this, but you kind of like give them a shortcut. I do. Yeah. 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 That's the beauty of it, and it's a win for my customers, my retail customers, because honestly. They probably make more off of it than I do because of the way they price, <laughs> price it. it yep. And for every one bottle of moonshine that they sell, they can sell two bottles of figs. Yeah, so right. it's um, they love me as much as I love them. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's which good. is the perfect situation if you're going to have a product. That's right. Where, where can people find your product? Mostly, like I said, we're in the distilleries. Okay. Um, but we do have my my first retail location is located in Lexington, Ohio, at Wayne's Country Market. Excellent. Which is an awesome, another awesome story because they grew from being just a little fruit stand to something huh. where they offer all kinds of products, local products and produce and that type of thing. So that's cool. Um, I don't have a lot of retail locations. I have it on Amazon right now. I don't have a lot of Amazon business, but I also have not pushed it. Yep. Um, that's one of the downsides of running your own company in addition to another yeah. company is it something something always takes the back seat right so right right so as we ask all entrepreneurs what do you find is your unfair advantage as an entrepreneur honestly i am probably the only one that i know that came up with the concept and and developed this 
It's a one of a kind, unique yep. product. And so I'm not competing. I'm not competing yeah. with anyone else that's sitting on the market that, that has, you know, 14 other different types that they're competing with. That's really cool. Very cool. Your yeah. unfair advantage is you're smart. Right? That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know anything about any of that, but um, I was dumb enough to think that it was, you know, that it would taste good and people would buy it. And alcohol is really an easy thing to sell. Yes. You know, the concept of having a mixer that they can add alcohol to, it's a win-win. It is. It is. Uh, and it's really easy. It's a fun job. I always say that. Like, yeah, a lot of people go to work. They don't have fun. I can go sell figs and people are always happy. Uh, yeah, me. no, that's right. <laughs> and I love the name. I and uh, yeah, and just so before we let you go, can you tell our listeners where they can, uh, if they want to tap in with IdeaWorks, where they can yeah, find absolutely. you Absolutely. Uh, you can look us up online at IdeaWorksOhio.com. Okay. We've got information on there for uh, our shared use kitchen as well as our co-working space, which is also very beautiful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming out today. Thank you very we much really for having We really appreciate me. you having us. And uh, David, I think that's it for you and I today. Is it? Yes. Good. So then we can get we can add some liquor to this thing. <laughs> right? Let's get the day started. That's right. <laughs> it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> right? Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. This is Eric and David bringing you the Craft Food Classroom, the podcast. Until next time, peace. Peace. Thanks for joining on the Craft Food Classroom Podcast, where we help make food business simple at every stage of growth. Brought to you by PNC Bank and Central Kitchen Media. To learn more about what we're doing, visit us at thecentral.kitchen. Please subscribe to this podcast to learn more about food entrepreneurs and their experience in the craft food business.